0: So today we are continuing in the series, "The Foundation of Truth." The title of this message, the sub-message actually, its subtitle is "We Are One," and this is part three. The last time we were in First Timothy chapter three, verse fifteen, and this is what the um, the the title of this series is based off of, where um, Paul was telling Timothy that the church of the living God is the pillar and the ground of truth. And and I said, what truth was that? The truth of who God is, and, uh, his who we are, and his relationship to man, and how we ought to live. And as I said, also there are many things in this world which divide people, such as age, appearance, political beliefs, economic status, race, theology, etc. However, we who belong to God, we are not of the world, and we should not allow the things that cause division in the world to divide us in the body of Christ. We must not allow it. We are responsible for the unity of the faith. And we should be the example of what true unity should be in Christ. As I said currently, there's a lot of turmoil in the world, especially in this country. And my focus, my main focus was on the social unrest because of racism and how we, in Christ, must live. This is not a suggestion. This is what we must do as the body of Christ. So last time I spoke, just to give a brief recap, last time I spoke about how God sees us in Christ and how we ought to see each other. And just to name a few things that I touched on last time, I said God created us, each one of us in his image and his likeness. We are his children. Therefore, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And, but we are brothers and sisters because we are, I'm referring to the natural, we are male and female. But God is the father of our spirits and our spirits don't have a gender. We are individually and corporately children of God and the apple of God's eye. So individually and corporately, we are the apple of God's eye. That's how he sees us. He has given us the same spirit. That is the spirit of his son. Okay, And he will vigorously defend his children. He will vigorously defend his children. And the Lord does not see us based on our physical appearance. And I gave a reference to that. The Bible says, the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. God doesn't look at us, any human being, based on their outward appearance. He looks at the heart of that person. And we in Christ have all been redeemed by the death of Christ himself. We, were, we are blood-bought and sanctified through Christ. Everyone in Christ is blood-bought and sanctified through Christ. Okay, So this is how God sees us. We are all washed in the blood. Okay, so we, analogously, we therefore have to see each other as precious in God's sight. And if we say we love Jesus, we also ought to see each other in the same way. I can't stress this enough. You have to be colorblind in the body of Christ. There, you, I'm, I'm sorry. This is, this is the way, this is, God doesn't see us based on color or race. He looks at the heart of the individual and we have to have that same attitude and see each other the same way. There are no excuses. After all, we are one man in Christ, a new creation in Christ Jesus. There is no distinction. There is no separation. If we say we love Jesus and we hate our brother, the Bible calls that person a liar and a murderer. And I gave the scripture reference from that for that. So just so you know, so you can see all these people who claim they love God and they say they love God, but they hate their brother, they are a liar and they are a murderer. We must not treat each other differently based on race, social status, economic status, cultural uh, preferences. None of that matters in the body of Christ. When you mistreat your brother, you do not only show that you are a liar and a murderer, You also show that you do not have the spirit of God in you and that your father is the devil. And I have a scripture reference for that also, which I gave the last time. A lot of people are deceived, think they're walking in the will of God, think they have favor with God. But when they hate your brother, God doesn't see you as his child. He sees you as the child of the devil because you're acting just like the father, your father, because he's a liar and a murderer. So if you are guilty because of this sin, Repent. Seek forgiveness for hating your brother before it's too late. Ask the Lord to create in you a clean heart and renew a spirit, the right spirit in you. Do not let the sin of racism have dominion over you. You see, we have a choice. And God has given us of his spirit. We have a choice if we're going to be a slave to this to this sin or we're going to overcome it with by righteous walking in righteousness. The choice is ours, okay? So that is kind of like a brief recap of what I talked about last week. So today I want us to talk a little bit about Jesus, and I'd like us to turn to the book of John chapter 17, and I want to show you something about Jesus, what his interest is in us about be, us being one in in him. Let's turn to John chapter 17 verse, and we start at verse 9 and I'll jump around a little bit. Okay, so verse 9 and then I'll jump to verse 11 and then 22 through 23. Okay, John 17 verse 9. Now let me just tell you what's happening here. So this is Jesus. He was talking to his disciples. And then, well, he just finished the last, the supper, last supper. Then he's talking to his his disciples. So it looks like he's doing like a major download. Speaking to his disciples and teaching a lot of teaching. And then when he was finished with that, he started to pray for them. He started to pray for the disciples and then he started to pray for those to come. So let me start at verse 9. It says here, now he's praying to the Father. Jesus is praying to the Father and and he's praying for the disciples here. He said, Verse 9, I pray for them, I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And verse 11, now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father. He said, I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given Me, that they may be one, as we are one. Verse 20 I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in Me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in Me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, That the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Okay, that's all I'm going to read. But this is very this is very powerful and ties into why we need to be one. Okay, so as I said, Jesus was praying for the disciples. Understand here that in verse 9, he said, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world. He's praying for the saints. He's praying for the disciples. He's praying for the children of God, not for the world. Not for the people outside the bar, the, of Christ. That's, that's critical. He said, "I pray for the, I'm praying for the disciples, not for the world. His prayer was very specific. And Jesus knew his time, if you look at verse 11, he said, "I He said, "Now I know I'm no longer in the world, but these are in the world. He, is, he knew his time had come. And he had already released himself to his destiny. That is what? He had to lay down his life at the Father's request. So he's speaking like if he's already moving on to the Father. He said, I am no longer in the world. But he's actually there physically. But sp- but spiritually and knowing what he has to face. He say, I'm no longer in the world because my time is up. The next things I do from this moment on is going to put into into action... The sequences of events that's going to take me out of this world. That's going to separate me from this body. That is what he's saying here. Okay, He said, Father, keep them that they may be one, united as we are one. And how was Jesus one with the Father? Jesus was one with the Father through the Spirit. Because Jesus allowed the Father to express himself through him. By yielding to the Spirit of God and doing the will of the Father by the Spirit. That is how Jesus and the Father were one. They were one by in and by the Spirit. Because the Father was in him by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. He said that oneness he had with the Father is what he's praying for the disciples. That they would have that same oneness. And in verse 20, He's praying, he prays, and his prayer extends to those who will believe. It says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So that is subsequently from that moment on, anyone who believe in him through their confession of faith, he's praying for them that they will be one. So that applies to us on this, on this line right now. That applies to us, to those globally in Christ who believe in Christ and confess based on their confession of faith through and in Christ so he's praying for those then and those to come which applies to us now also okay so he's saying here for all who believe and verse he and also he's saying we all in Christ are to be one with each other and one with the father and the son we are all to be one with the Father and the Son. So those then and those now, we all to be one in Christ. Now verse 21. He said, Father, they will be one as you are in me and I in you, that they all may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. What is he praying? He's praying that we all will be one for a re for a reason, and he said it there, the latter part of verse twenty-one, that the world may believe that you sent me. So he said here, there is something we in the body of Christ have to reveal to the world, so that they they would know that Jesus was real, and that the Father sent him. That's why I alluded to. In the body of Christ, last week I talked about, and the week before, I talked about why we need to be one. The world should see how people in the body of Christ of different races, backgrounds, can live as one. This is what Jesus is praying here. He's praying that the world will see in the church, in his body, the oneness that is in Christ. That's what he's praying. And that is what's supposed to be manifested now in this time we are living in. So he says here, this is what the world has to see. That Jesus was real and the Father sent him. And he also said here in verse 22, he said, The glory, Father, that you have given me, I have given them, that they may be one, just as we are one. And what glory is that? That glory is what did Jesus get from, from the Father when he came out from the, from the river? He was anointed with the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit. So the glory he said I am giving I will give them that same glory you gave me and that glory is the spirit and the word okay because he was the, Jesus is the word of God and that same spirit the way he was able to have intimacy with the father is because of the spirit that abided in him so Jesus is saying he's praying what is going to happen and I will show you how we brought it how it all came to pass. Okay, so he says here, what glory is that? As I said, the glory is the Spirit and the Word. Verse 23, I in them and you in me that they may be made perfect in one. What is that word perfect is? Mature. In what? Him. Christ. And the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. The world will see when we are one and there's a manifestation of that oneness through Christ, the world will see and know by that, that not only that Jesus Jesus was real and that he came, but as the Father loved him, so does the Father love us. There will be things that will be seen through the church, will reveal that how much God loves us. As the Father was able to express himself through the Son, to manifest his glory, the Father was also would also be able to do by the Spirit, express himself individually through each person and corporately as the body of Christ. He'll be able to express himself and that the love of God will be revealed through the body of Christ. So God has already provided everything we need to become one with each other and with him. And I'm going to show you that. That is done through the Son. This is to reveal the wisdom of God Through the church, His people. God has already provided everything we need to be one with each other and to be one with Him. He has already done it. We just have to get our act together and start walking in His ways. This is not about us. It is about us trusting Him, God, enough through what He did through Christ to submit to what He wants to do in our lives and do it. And when we do it, he can express himself, he can express his love, not only to each other, but to the to dying world. They would say, wait a minute, these people, they have their act together, they actually love one another. So what I see, I don't see hypocrisy. This, this love that they have for each other is genuine. So when they, we go out into the world and we start to express this love, people can receive it. Because they know we are not hypocrites. They know that we are actually walking the walk. And what we say, we, uh, what we do, we actually mean it. And what we say, we actually mean it. That our words are trustworthy, we are trustworthy. When, you, when you're a hypocrite, you can't be trusted. What is to be revealed in this world? And I, you know, I, I said a lot of that already. That the people of God, those saved from sin, which are of different races, backgrounds, can live together as one. It is not impossible, because Jesus already did the work, as I said. Now realize, when Jesus was finished praying, a lot of what he prayed didn't happen yet. He is praying for what he wants to see happen, or what is going to happen. But let me show you something here. When he was finished praying, if you keep reading in John, if you keep reading, when Jesus was finished praying, He set the wheels in motion for his death. Jesus said, nobody can take my life. He said, I lay it down willingly. So what he did, when he was finished praying, when he was finished with the disciples, he set the wheels in motion. So he allowed Judas, Now he said, tell Judas, you now go and betray me, do what's in your heart. Because Satan entered Judas' heart. And he Jesus, and Jesus released Judas to betray him. And that set the wheels in motion for his death. Why? To bring to pass what he just prayed. Oh my God. To bring to pass what he just prayed. Listen, when you get a chance, go read and meditate on what I'm telling you here. and what I'm saying to you. He just prayed for us to be one. One with each other. One with the Father. One with him. And then he set the wheels in motion to bring to pass what he just prayed. And I'm going to show you. I'm not going to go into scripture, but I'm just going to summarize it. He willingly went to the cross after completing those prayers. When he released Judas to betray him, he willingly went to the cross. He knew the time had come. That's why he was praying here in in verse 11. He said, now I am no longer in the world. I'm ready to re- to lay down my life," he said. "Father, I'm ready to come to you." So he, sa- when he was finished praying, he set the wheels in motion. So he willingly went to the cross after completing those prayers to atone for man's sin, to remove any barriers that can separate those who believe on him, so that they can be one and be given access to the Father. That's why the- That's why when I w- I was talking about in Ephesians. Uh, right? In the book of Ephesians. About the, the veil being torn. That in one man is created through Christ. There's no more Jew and non-Jew. They are all, their barriers have been removed. Why? Because he went to the cross to make it happen. I mean, it, it's painful for him. But that's why we have to be so grateful for what he did, what Jesus did. So he went to the cross to remove the barriers that will separate us. And those who believe on him. And will believe on him. So that they all can be one. And have access to the Father. So do you see how important it is for us to be one in Christ. He went to the cross to make it possible. And he gave us power. He gave us his glory to do it. We have no excuses. All we have to do is believe. What Jesus did and obey him. Just remember this is not about the world. This is about the church. This is about those in him who believe Based on their confession of faith. You can't do anything about the world. People, We have to be the light. We have to let our testimony. Share our testimony with those in the world. Who are lost and dying. So that they can be reconciled to God. The way we were reconciled to God. The same way. So that the spirit of God. Can move into these people. And change them from the inside out. This is our mandate. That's why it says. We are ambassadors of Christ. We represent the kingdom of God and where we represent God, the Lord outside of our, our, in our, not only outside, but in our homes, when we go to work, when we go to the supermarket, wherever we go, the way we represent Christ, we are ambassadors of the kingdom of God and we are to let our light shine. What is that light? The love of God. We don't discriminate. We love people. We stand up against unrighteousness. We speak out against injustice. This is what we as the body of Christ are supposed to be doing. We speak out against injustice in the church. We speak up against unrighteousness in the body of Christ. You see, that's what the Bible says. If if we are able to correct those who err in the faith, we are to correct those who are wrong in the faith with love. We don't judge. We correct them with the word of God. This is a critical time for the church and a wake-up call for the church. The Lord will judge us harshly if we do superficial things to promote oneness and we do not deal with the root cause of racism in the church and call out sin. We are responsible to call out sin in the body of Christ. We are responsible to address it, not to be silent. We have to call it out. Whatever the sin is in the church, We have to call it out and we have to deal with it. We can't, we can't just be quiet and let things just, and gloss over things in the body. We have to speak up against sin. Whatever the sin is, we have to speak out against it in love. I know racism will be done away with in the church. I know it's going to be done away with. I know the church will be won. I know that. How do I know that? Because Jesus just prayed. He prayed and he said it's going, that is what's going to happen. And I know the word of God does not return void. What comes out of God's mouth happens. It will happen. Why? Because the Bible also says that the church will make herself ready. The bride will make itself ready. And Jesus will return for a bride without spot or wrinkle. That means that's a church that has its act together. And if the church has its act together, that means racism is not an issue in the church. That means sin is not an issue in the church. That means the body of Christ is one. It will be done. Not because I said so. Because Jesus said so. He said I am coming for a bride without spot or wrinkle. So if he said that's what he's coming for. Then he, that's, what will, that's what will be. It's not going to happen by the works of man. It's going to happen as people seek the mind of God. About how to deal with the issues in their lives. How to speak to one another. And also to obey the word of God. Have the courage to obey the word of God. This is not going to happen by the works of man. It's going to happen by the spirit of God. And by those of us in the body of Christ who have the guts to trust God and walk in his ways. Especially when we are guided by the spirit of God. So we have to prepare ourselves to become unpopular. We may become unpopular with some people but that's okay. As long as we are walking in the will of God it's okay. Because the Father is our vindicator. He will vigorously depend, defend his children. So we don't have to worry about the, what the world says. We are accountable to Christ himself. There are no excuses. He went to the cross to make sure that we in the body are one. We didn't go on the cross. We didn't shed the blood. Jesus did it for us. So that we can be one in the body of Christ. And he gave us the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. He sent the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, to infill those who call on Him based on their trust and belief and confession of faith through Him. So we have no excuse. We have been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of Him. Who? Christ. And He has given us the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. To help us and teach us and strengthen us. When we when we don't want to do sometimes, we don't want to do the things we need to do. But he gives us a courage, the dunamis power to do it, the grace to do it. Okay, so just remember, you know, I'm just going to conclude here. Remember, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. It's okay to be angry, but the Bible says, be angry and sin not. There is a righteous anger, Let your anger be an anger of a righteous kind of anger because you hate what you're seeing but don't hate people. Yes, even those who are walking wrong with their guns even those who are standing for racism even those who support it pray for them. They are blind. They are lost. And Jesus went on the cross for them too. Pray that their eyes will be opened. Pray that the seducer that he will not be able to seduce and lie to them anymore. They will see the truth. Pray that their eyes will be open. Pray that their hearts will be open to receive the engrafted the word of God. Pray. Pray for them. They have been deceived. That's why the Bible says, love your enemy. And how do you love your enemy? You pray for them. You don't repay hate with hate. You, re, you, you repay hate with love. You repay hate with compassion because they are lost amen don't get don't buy in don't buy into the to the us against them mentality don't buy into that because we are wrestling not against flesh and blood we are wrestling against principalities There's strongholds in place I mean I I, I was watching um, um, let me just share this with you real quick well I was watching on channel 7 the hour-long special they had on the Juneteenth celebration and I I saw what it did to to Emmett Till, I saw the pictures of of black people being hung, and the, and there was a, 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 a just a horde of white people, women, uh, um, uh, men, children. in in the photograph, just like nothing, and these people hanging from the tree, and my heart broke for the black for the people hung, but but my heart broke for them, the white people, because they were so blind. They are so blind. They think they're right, but they're wrong. They are blind. They are lost. My heart broke for, for them all. And you know, you see the picture of Emmett Till and what they did to him. The mother left his casket open because she wanted the world to see what they did to her son, her 14 year old son. My heart broke for her. My heart broke for the 14 year old boy. 14 years old. What in heaven's name could he have done? But you see, this is what sin does. This is what the enemy does. This is a stronghold. And we have to pray against these strongholds. We can't hate these people. They are lost. This is not easy, being a child of God. You have to put aside your biases. And you have to do what the Lord commands us to do. Love our enemies. Do good to those who persecute us. Pray for those who spitefully use us, use us. This is not easy. This is not easy to do. But the Lord will grace us as we step in faith to obey Him. The Spirit of God will give us the courage and the strength to do it. We cannot get on a bandwagon of hate. We can't do it. We can't get in the us against them mentality. We cannot do it. We must not do it. So if you feel that you, you, you're drifting and and hate is starting to take possession of your heart. Turn to, Je- look up to Jesus, the author and the complete of our faith. Say, Lord, this is what I'm feeling. Help me. Help me. Help me to see from through your eyes the way you see the unlovely. Give me the grace and the courage to pray for these people. Help me to do it, Lord. It's not that we don't care. We have to see things through God's eyes. And we cannot allow our heart to get corrupted because we are safe from it. So that's why it's really important that we guard our heart because out of it are the issues of life. All right, so I'm going to stop there today. And I hope you receive something today. In Jesus' name.